Let's have a chat, an open, honest chat. Join best mates Lee and Jeff as they strip back everything, literally and figuratively, to have an open conversation about life. No pants, no problems. Make sure you subscribe on your favorite platform so you don't miss an episode. Join the conversation by following us on Facebook and Twitter at No Pants Pod. Two drinks in a Cheers. Welcome to another episode of Two Drink Cinema. We hope you are over your festivities uh, and in those couple of strange days between Christmas and New Year where you're not sure what day it is, what year it is, uh, or anything. We are two brothers reviewing movies, two drinks at a time. I am Lee. I am Brett. And we are reviewing the first of our Boxing Day premieres, which is Matrix Resurrections. Mm -hmm. The fourth Matrix movie uh, made 22 years after the first and set 60 years after After the the third. third. Yes. I don't know how long, like the time stand of the first three movies is though. I don't know. Is it a year or is it? 20 minutes or what? I feel like it's all kind of back to back. Yeah. I feel like it's... Although a lot happens. Yeah. Anyway, war isn't quick. War isn't free. And war isn't quiet, according to Jada. And war isn't... Good. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> war, what is it good for? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> So we are, this will be spoilers because we've seen it. Yeah. And if you haven't so, seen it, don't listen yet. If you haven't seen it, you can listen, uh, but there will be spoilers. If you haven't seen it, go and see it. Uh, and I'm going to say straight up, you don't need to see it on an IMAX screen. Nah. We did, but you don't need to, unlike... What else to be reviewed that needed Dune? Dune. Yeah. Even though it wasn't quite 3D Dune. Nah. It's the still good, good on a very big screen. The good, It's good on an IMAX thing because it's big and the sound is very good at the IMAX. Yeah. But you don't need to. No. Like we pass three cinemas between here it's, and IMAX. Yes, yeah, it's definitely not the most... There's one, two, three, four... Yeah. About five cinemas that yeah. are closer to my house than IMAX, yeah. but anyway. Um, but we did because we thought Matrix, it'll be big, it'll be visual, um, but and it was, but it also, yeah, didn't need to be IMAX. We saw it yesterday, last night. Have you worked out what it's about yet? Nah. Me neither. It's about um, nostalgia. That's all I got. It's so, about going, people really liked this movie 20 years ago. What if I do a movie that just reminds them of that and they'll go see it and think it's funny? So I, re- I read an interview uh, or parts of an interview on Collider.com with James McTeague, who's a producer uh, on most of what the Wachowskis have done. The, he was assistant director on The Matrix, The Matrix Reloaded and The Matrix Revolutions was a producer on The Matrix Resurrection, as well as working on 
Speed Racer with the Wachowskis and Sense8. And also he directed V for Vendetta, The Raven and Ninja Assassin. And he said that Lana contacted him with the idea fully formed of a story in her head. Right. And then somewhere along the way that story just didn't need to happen? Well, that kind of goes against what I think we saw last night because we saw a pay us 20 bucks to revisit the first three movies. Yeah. The the story... Not really even the first three. A lot of it was the first one. Yeah. So it's the best one. Any Star Wars fans out there that, like Shane and I said, as people who are Star Wars fans, and we said it was is likely to be The Force Awakens in that it's a resetting of the franchise while also being a pretty much copy of A New Hope. Okay, yep, yep, but just and, with a different person. Yeah, and it yep. did seem to have a lot of that in it. Yeah. But unapologetically, like Force Awakens would just happened to kind of have some of the same points and hit the same spots. Yeah. Whereas this one was like... Oh, in case you didn't realise what's going on here, here's an actual scene from the first movie. Yeah. Like... It was a bit... Uh, I don't know. I... So, the the basic story from what I got it is... The Matrix is still a thing. So, yep. what Trinity and Neo did at the end of Revolutions didn't change anything. And the Matrix is still a thing... And there are still people in the real world outside the Matrix that are hacking into the Matrix to be able to free minds. Yeah. And the first thing we see is a redo of Trinity's first scene at the opening of The Matrix 1. Yeah. A very iconic scene. With a very different actor and much less iconicness. Yeah, it was a bit weird. I don't really like it. But then these other people... Are watching the scene. Yes. But then that gets explained because we go back into the Matrix and Thomas Anderson, Keanu Reeves, is a game designer who yes. designed a game, game called The Matrix. Yep. Yep. And is just having a bit of a play around with rewriting some old code, but changing it slightly. Yeah. Which is what results in this Trinity reshoot scene that goes differently. Yeah. So interesting that he writes it that she kind of gets caught in the end. Yeah. Well, in the redo of this, I can't remember what they called it, but it's a Modal? nerd term. Yeah. It's a nerd term that I didn't get. Yep. Which I'm imagining most people are going seeing the movies yeah, won't they, get. They didn't, and they didn't really explain it either. No. So, but what I picked up was that he did this modal, which was like a little bit of a separate thing to the game for him to test a couple of things out on. But then these real-world people hack into it to try to find Morpheus. And what we realise later is that it was Thomas Anderson's suppressed thinking that subconsciously made that modal to, modal to try and bring out anyone that was looking for Morpheus. Yeah. So anybody that, that could see it, there would then be like, hey, hang on a minute, I can get out here. Yeah, and it also was then, I think he was hoping that someone would find it and then find him to free him again. 
I think so. Even though his therapist, Neil Patrick Harris, has convinced him that they're just dreams. Yep. Based on the game that he wrote, not based on yep. real things that happened to him. Because he got so deep into the game yep. that it became his life. So there's a very big thing in this movie about what's real and what isn't. Even within the Matrix, what's real in the Matrix and what isn't real in the Matrix. Yes. For the people that are still plugged in. Yeah. Almost too much of that. Yeah. Like, is this real? Is this real? Ooh. Yeah. Is Ooh, that real? I don't know. Ooh, what what's really real? Are you a real person or are you just going to have Matrix eyes? Is this Ooh. real? Oh. Ooh. And then there's a very big thing about decisions. And choices. And what choices do you make? But you make this choice, but it's not really a choice because you don't really have a choice. I lost track of the number of times that Morpheus said, oh, it's not much of a decision. Was it as how what happened much? What what happened more? He, Morpheus saying the word choice or me doing this in the cinema? Oh, God. <laughs> 20 minutes in, I knew that Brett and I thought exactly the same things at exactly <laughs> the same moments because something would happen and Brett would go, <laughs> it was just like the thing. There was one. What did he do? There was something. Oh, when he tried to get him the second time to take the red pill, and they had projected the original scene onto the yeah, curtains. and then and then new Morpheus is just like quoting what old Morpheus said, but I'm saying, like, oh. but saying down the rabbit hole, blah blah blah. Yeah, like oh. Oh. that. Sigh, I think is Brett's whole review. Yeah, that I'm gonna if give I could it sum it up in two a, out of five. <sighs> I'm not gonna even sum it up in a word. I'm gonna sum it up in an exhale. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> well, and and that reference back to itself constantly bored me. It did. It got too much. I get the start, like the start bit from how then the movie went from that opening scene being the same, essentially the same opening scene. Yep. I get that. I didn't need then, I didn't actually need that scene where then they are projecting the flashbacks from the yep. other movies yep. on there. I didn't need that. But and also, then I didn't need, it was like, I'm sitting on, Neo and Morpheus are sitting on a couch watching a TV screen on the screen is showing the scene of yep. Morpheus yep. and Neo sitting on a couch watching a TV from the first one. I don't that, need that. That scene where they try to get him to take the red pill the second time and Morpheus is all like, oh, a bit of familiarity might help. Like, no, it's your second attempt. Yeah. You should yeah. have done that in your first attempt. The, what's helping this time is that you're explaining it to him more. By the time you get him to that theatre where you're projecting the scenes from the first one, yeah. you should have explained it to him enough that that's it. Yeah, not just to surprise him in the toilet. Yeah. One thing that I didn't... It, it just felt... The, the tone of the real world people was very different. Like, if, you, if you're going to make a movie that is essentially the first movie again... Yeah. Changing the tone of the real world people so much was too much for me. Morpheus... And Bugs, who is the captain of the ship in the now time. Yep. Those two were way too 
cool and flippant. And it all just seemed like a fun game to bugs. It did seem a bit like a game. Whereas like Morpheus and Trinity, it's like, we got to get this guy out because this is the fate of the fucking world. Yeah, in the first ones. Yeah. Every human's yeah. going to die if we don't succeed. Yeah. Whereas she's like, oh, wouldn't it be fun if we got Neo out of the Matrix? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my God, I found you. This is hilarious. Yeah. Um, Even though Jada Pinkett Smith says, don't do it. We're in peacetime. This is going to fuck shit up. Yeah, general. And then what yeah. happens? She gets fucked up. She gets fucked up, but not for that long. No. Well, it's... So, overall, I thought the story was cool, right? So, if you just present the story, yeah, which is right, Thomas Anderson and Tiffany... Yeah. Neo and Trinity get plugged back into the Matrix Mm -hmm. and they need to in order for the Matrix to continue to operate. Yeah. But the robots essentially leave the humans alone in the real world. So they keep the Matrix going to keep the robots happy. Yes. And then the robots and the humans in the real world are keeping the peace and working together in some ways. Yeah, to make strawberries. Within the Matrix... Neo is a game designer who designs a game called The Matrix. Yep. They try to make him make a trilogy, which makes him have all these flashbacks, which causes him to seek out the real world subconsciously. Yes. Which then causes people to extract him, which then fucks shit up. That story, fine. Yep. Do that. Do that. But what happened is they put all of this meta shit in... And this is the bit that I have to say really carefully. They put all of this trans allegory and all of this women are powerful shit in, which is great and obviously a very worthwhile statement to make. But I felt like it took up the space of the story. I, yeah... I feel like if you take like if you take out all the meta shit of oh look there's bullets casings flying down from a helicopter. Yes. Oh look is he going to make this jump? Yeah. And then showing Morpheus do the jump from the first one. Yeah. If you took all of that stuff out, you've got more space for Neil Patrick Harris to actually explain what's going on. Yeah, and then to also explain you know the bit I really didn't get was Smith. why did we need Right, did we need... You know how in The Witches, the new one... Yeah. We had Kristen Chenoweth. Yes. And she didn't sing. Yep. Why do we need Neil Patrick Harris and Jonathan Jonathan Groff in there and they don't do some big gay dance Broadway number? <laughs> I don't really understand it. Like, what is this a Glee reunion of Glee side or awkward characters? It's a Glee reunion. Where they sing Les But Mis? also, it's, <laughs> it's a Glee reunion... In a Sense Eight episode that's referencing the Matrix. Yes, that's what it felt like to me yeah. because the two of Bugs' crew are from Sense Eight. Yeah, one of Jada Pinkett Smith's crew is from Sense Eight, and one of the characters that's in the Matrix is from Sense Eight. And so right. that, like, I get that people cast their people. Right, we've talked about Tim Burton and Johnny Depp. Hmm. I get that. But when you cast so much of a cast, 
together, it's a bit much for me. Yeah. Because, I, yeah. like, I've watched Sense8 and it's great and I advise everyone to watch it. But the the character of the guy with the shapes shaved into his head, right? Yeah. He plays a Chicago cop in Sense8. Berg. Brian J. Smith. Brian J. Smith. Is he? Yeah. He... Um, he in the Incense 8, he plays a very straight masculine Chicago cop, right? And he has that look right. and he does it really well. Mm-hmm. And I, so I find, found it hard to watch him as not that. Okay. In the Matrix. Particularly, there was like the scene where he was like, she was like, what do you think of him? And he was like, oh, at first I wasn't sure the beard and the hair, but yeah, it all works for me. Yeah. Which is obviously meant to be he's got a bit of a hots for Neo. Which is obviously just meant to be a joke about how now the whole world again has the hots for Keanu Reeves. That's what I got it. Yeah. It was like, oh, people think he's hot again because he has a beard. Whatever. And I think because it was the, he was speaking to another Sense8 person. Lexi. Yeah. I found like... I just saw him as the Sense8 character. Yeah. And okay. in Sense8, because he's so straight and so masculine, and without giving too much of, of the story away, a bit of other sexuality stuff happens. Okay. And he's like, rock, that rocks his world, and he struggles with that. That was really weird for me. I don't, I okay. Like, maybe I just have trouble seeing people as different characters. And Maybe. I haven't seen him in anything other than well, that's Sensei. the thing as well. Yeah. It's like you didn't see... It's like, did you think that Barney Stinson was his analyst? Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe it is you then. A <laughs> camper Barney Stinson was his analyst. Yeah. But I didn't think that about Jonathan Groff. Yeah, okay. Neil Patrick Harris I suppose the, and Jonathan Groff are good in this. I suppose the thing is... It's pretty different to anything I've seen Jonathan Groff do. Yeah. In terms of if I've seen him in gay shit and I shouldn't just call it gay shit. Head, and Glee. Mind Hunters? Is he Mind that. Hunters? Yeah, I haven't seen that though. Yeah. But it's like... Hang on. You said gay stuff and Glee? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, Glee's he's not, not. He's not gay in Glee. Okay. But the whole thing Glee's is pretty, pretty gay. gay. <laughs> <laughs> but like him is surprisingly good at like... Acting scenes, uh, action, <laughs> Act- you know what I mean? He's actually like, surprisingly good at acting. acting. <laughs> <laughs> no, like the fighting. Yes. Although it is just choreography, really. He was, I think he was, uh, Keanu Reeves was better, but obviously he's John Wick and Neo. I actually thought Keanu Reeves was terrible. He, he, the, uh, his acting was awful. I th- I sighed th- a lot when he said some things. As I well. thought about that a bit during it, but I actually so Neo originally is young and what the fuck's going on, but then two and a half hours later is arrogant as fuck. Yeah, you said that when we watched the first Matrix the other night. Yeah, you forgot yeah. how quickly he became arrogant. Yeah, because he goes from not knowing what the Matrix is to jumping into. Hugo weaving to explode and him. Flexing the walls. Yeah. Too busy flexing to answer the phone. Yeah, exactly. But in this movie, he feel it feels a bit John Wick four. 
but combined with like a just a depressed 50, 60-year-old man. Yeah. Which I think is okay. I think Thomas Anderson of now would be like that. Yeah, I just think as well some of the uh, the dialogue was terrible. It was basic. Um but it had those basic action things that like I don't remember the first one having. You know where it's just like somebody gets punched and it's like yeah. Yeah. and then they, you know, see something and they go, "Oh no." And she, they didn't really do that in the first one. No. I think the action was much more... I think everything was much more basic in this one. And I think that was because they were trying to fit subplots and commentary and meta and self-referential shit in. I think, yeah. I think as well, obviously, the way that, that when the first Matrix came out, that was nothing like that had been done before. Yep. Especially the stuff with the fighting and the stuff on the bullets. The and bullet time. All that kind of stuff. Yeah. Right? That doing it now 20 years later doesn't seem as impressive. And it, it's not like they tried to take it to the next level. Yep. So they just did it, kind of did the same. I don't know how many times somebody jumped, like ran on a wall. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So but, but also, but, it seemed really easy that they ran on a wall. Yeah. But it didn't seem that in the first movie. Yeah, like only Trinity could do it. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, like Trinity and Neo were like incredible fighters and incredible yeah. at bending the rules of the Matrix. Yeah. And the others, Switch and um, what's the bad guy's name? Not Mouse? Smith. No. APOC? Um, no. Cypher. Cypher. They were good fighters. But yes. Trinity was the one that can jump and do things slow and yeah, whatever. Yeah. It seemed like everybody could do that in the new one, except for Lexi and the boy, Berg, yeah. who just stood there and shot at people. Yeah. And I, who was that fucking crazy French guy? The, Merov- the Merovingian. You know, he's... Um, in the second one, God. where he's sitting there and he makes the woman have an orgasm for eating the cake. Oh, God. I do not remember that. Yeah. I don't know. Something about a female orgasm I switch off. <laughs> um, he's the French and they go to that big dinner and he's at the club and... Um, oh, okay. Maybe. Yeah. And it's... What's her name? Monica Bellucci... Is this hot woman that then sneaks Neo out and they have this oh, big fight right. scene around the double staircase and then he goes to get the key maker. Right, okay. Yeah, that's what he was. So in, Unnecessary. In the first Matrix, it was another unnecessary callback because in the second movie, there's a big thing about whenever they do a new version of the Matrix... They take out a couple of programs and instead of deleting them, they put them into exile, which means they're still in the matrix, but they don't have any power. I got that when they showed up and everybody and somebody went, oh, exiles. Yeah. But that was a big part of two. Right. Reloaded because the real people kind of made use of the exiles 
because some of them were disgruntled against the Matrix for being exiled. Right, okay. But the Merovingian wasn't because the Merovingian in exile ended up just being this rich, powerful guy who could have sex in the toilets of his nightclub with any woman he wanted. Oh, okay. And so that's why he's pissed off and annoyed because that Neo sex no more. ruined the last thing and they went into even further exile and went on from there, okay? All right. Um, I got that. People found that hilarious in the cinema when he popped mm. up, right? Mm. He's like, he was like the old man from scene 24 in bloody Monty Python and the Holy yeah. Grail. Yeah, he was just he this was just crazy old man. there just like, <laughs> in French. And I was just like, okay, I get that he was from the thing in another movie, but why do I then need to have this fight scene yep. where then he's just standing there in the corner yelling French at me? But then at the end of that fight scene, he goes, oh, I'll, I'll get back at you. And then goes, and then goes but we never see him we again. We never see him again. So I, I don't... Unnecessary. I, I Yeah, I just think overall too many unnecessary callbacks and meta stuff and self-references. But in saying that, the basic idea of the story of him writing a video game that's based on what happened to him in real life, but The Matrix is making him think it's a fictional thing he's come up with rather than a repressed memory is yes. a good concept. Yeah. Um, the analyst turning out to be his handler and being the essentially the new architect of the yes. new matrix is a good I like that thing twist, to have in too. But then I didn't quite get when this is the end, everybody. Yep. It, they go like, oh, Neil Patrick Harris is bad. Yes. Then he's like trying to do shit and then they make that plan to whatever this has to go right at the same time. Yep. Great. You gotta unplug Trinity, but then plug in bugs. And Trinity but has then to be plug like, in Trinity. Yeah, I'm going with you. Yeah. Whatever. Um then Jonathan Groff helps them. Yep. And then they shoot Jonathan Groff helped them by killing Neil Patrick Harris. Yes. But then Jonathan Groff then is a baddie. Or did Neil Patrick Harris yeah. make that happen? No, Neil Patrick Harris made the swarm happen. But then But I don't I I think Neil I think Jonathan Groff did become a baddie. So But then it was like Jonathan Groff was okay with Neo because this because they're more alike than you know. No, because Jonathan Groff is Agent Smith. Yes. Reprogrammed into the Matrix, right? Yeah. And in three, Neo frees Agent Smith from the Matrix. So instead of Agent right. Smith yes, being yes, an yes. agent that's all plugged in, he's just a free program now. And that's how they're more alike than we know. Well, because there is the whole duality in Matrix 1, 2, 3 of Neo being this really powerful anomaly and Smith being this viral agent. Yeah. So Smith is infecting the Matrix from within the Matrix and Neo is fucking up the Matrix from outside the Matrix. So they're like so the Smith duality. Delta and Neo is Omicron? Yeah, that's okay. it. And so the... Yeah, so that's why... They are more alike. 
it's interesting that the arc, the new architect, the analyst, put them as business partners in this new matrix. But anyway, yeah. and so I think that's why Smith helps Neo is because Neo freed Smith. But then he doesn't. But then he's like, well, that's it. Our debt is done. Yeah, it's like, I helped you this time. <laughs> by the way, I'm still going to kill you. Yeah. But the swarm was brought on by Neil Patrick Harris. Yes. I found the swarm good. It did become a little bit zombie-esque. Yeah, I thought that too. That like it was just, World War Z type yeah. thing. Um, what I didn't like was all of the jumping out of windows. Yeah, that was intense. I found that very difficult to watch. I found it unnecessary. I've said that word a lot this episode, but a lot of it didn't need to be there. I think your review is now going to (sighs) be unnecessary. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Don't spoil it. Um, But it's like, I don't know what, I think it was, it almost seemed like one of those things in an action movie where they're just like, we need, we need something cool here. What's something cool that we can do? It's like, what if he makes them bombs and throws them out of windows? Yep. Yes, but then it just felt too suicidal yeah. for me. Yeah. And a bit of a kamikaze kind of thing, but it wasn't their choice. Yeah. But then it also didn't feel like Neil Patrick Harris was using them as weapons. It just looked like a whole lot of people were throwing themselves out their windows. Because they, a lot of them just then crashed on a car and that was it. Or whatever, yeah. just hit the ground. Yeah. It's not like they exploded. But I also think that Lana Wachowski realised how intense it was because when they crash, they dissolve into code. Yes. So she clearly wanted it to make them seem like they weren't people throwing themselves out the window. Mm. But then she contradicted herself by whenever one of the bots got shot, they bled red blood. Yes. So are they people or are they bots or are they code or are they real? They're not real. So Nobody in the Matrix is real. Yeah. But they're connected to real people. It's a virtual reality game. It's yeah. the Truman Show. And it's not. Neil Patrick Harris is Ed Harris. And Jim Carrey, um, and Keanu Reeves is Jim Carrey. And Laura Linney is Trini- Trini's Laura Laura Linney. Linney's Jonathan Groff. Yeah. Who plays his best friend in the Truman Show? Oh, that guy. The guy, the guy that's in the, he, you know, that guy. Yeah, that, that guy. That guy. Is he's he Morpheus? No, he's, I don't know. Morpheus. Jonathan Groff is his neighbor. Good afternoon, good evening, good day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, Yahya Abdul Mateen II. Yes. Who we've seen in a quite a few things at the moment. His Morpheus was too casual cool. Yeah, I thought it was, I thought he was good. I thought the concept of Morpheus being reprogrammed into the Matrix as an agent is a good concept. But, but him coming out, all of a sudden he's just like this casual, cool dude. Like, yeah. no, no, he's an agent. Yeah, he's it's still a big an deal agent. Yeah. that an agent has been unplugged from the Matrix. Yeah, but I don't think that was made a big deal enough. Uh, yeah, I think that it was, and it was a. 
I'm glad it wasn't just him trying to be Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah. Because I think that would have made me sigh even more. That could have made you walk out. That could have made me actually like pass out because I didn't have any air left in me. <laughs> um, but I liked that it was a. I liked it was a different take on it, but I agree that it was just not. It wasn't. You know, like Morpheus no was weight. cool and like suave and like oh he's the shit yeah. and he knows he's the shit. But he also, like I said before about Bugs and that whole crew. They had weight of seriousness, gravitas. Yeah. Which Bugs and because New Morpheus didn't Because have. it's peacetime. So because there isn't that impending yeah. doom that they have to save the universe. The whole reason of them to go back was just to get Neo. And- well, it just made the whole thing seem like a game. Yeah. Which didn't engage me. Is the game coming out? Are they going to make a game? Well, they have to make a game now. Because yeah. it's a game within a game within a or game. Or do they make the game binary? Do they make binary? How very not subtle. Yeah. Very obvious. Like, uh, again, these comments are necessary and the discussion around transness and gender things is necessary. But that was just like, oh, really, Lana? You're yeah. putting it there I, on um, his on one of mate on one of Thomas Anderson's three screens for the whole movie. It's just the word binary. Yeah, that you're just going to chuck on a cisgendered heteronormative male. Yeah, and but also no explanation of what the game is. It's just oi binary. Oh, Remember he's making, binary. He's making a new game called Binary, and it's not going to get made because does the the parent company Warner Brothers not support binary. Is that a comment in there as well? Maybe. Mm. Um, but, and also, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much more I can talk about this movie. It was like, good, but not that great. Yeah, and the thing with the fighting as well, because, you know, the coolest thing in the in all first three. one was the fighting, yep. right? The bending over backwards that's been fucking, now it's just a part of pop culture. Yes. And the flying and the kicking and the jumping and the whatever. Yep. Um, in this, it wasn't as good. No. And I think it part of it is that it's not as groundbreaking and new as it was back then, obviously. But it also, I don't think, was filmed as well. Because the yeah. choice of direction and camera work while the fight scenes were on were like... The camera was moving around a lot while the fighting was happening. So I don't know if it was just me. I found it like really hard to see what was actually going on. I felt a little... After you said it last night, I had a bit more of a think about it and it felt a little bit more green grass how he directed Bourne. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like Bourne is like right in there and brutal because it's so close and you're right there as he punches the shit out of people or stabs yes. them with a pen. Yeah. It was that style of filming fights, but that works in Bourne because what Bourne does isn't cool fighting. It's just brutal punch-on. Yeah. Whereas The Matrix is about cool fighting of yeah. all sorts of martial art things, mm. not brutality. And so that closeness, when there's cool moves but no brutality, you don't need to be that close. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, in the... If you think of, like, that opening scene in the first movie, 
Where it's like, it's like you see Trinity fighting and it's out yep. and you see, they do the thing with the, she jumps up and it freezes and it goes 360. Well, and they invented that yeah. so they could do that shot. So they did that so you could see, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's cool. This it was just like, nah. It was nothing special. It was just filmed it like all. a lot of other fight things. Yeah. And it's really, it was interesting because they made this big deal about, you know, we've said heaps of times about the self-referential thing and the meta-ness of it. And there's this, that big scene where they're in the little boardroom discussing what the new trilogy of games should have and his little dickhead offsider is like, yeah. we need a new bullet time. I don't know who that guy is. We need a new bullet time. We need a new bullet time. But then the movie had no new things in it. There was no. nothing groundbreaking in filmmaking in this film other than potentially Neil Patrick Harris walking at a normal speed while Neo walks at slow. Yeah, still though. Which I don't think that's new. Yeah, no. Like, I don't think so either. That's been done before. Uh, there, there was nothing... Yeah, nothing new or groundbreaking I in think... the filming of it. And I feel like... The first film was a very good action movie. Yes. With a cool premise story mm-hmm. underneath it. Yep. This one went the other way. And they tried to tell this really cool, deep and meaningful story with a lot of allegory to it with some action in there. Yeah. Are we being too harsh on it because it's The Matrix? But it is the Matrix. So, yeah, but are we expecting that because it's the Matrix and it was so groundbreaking and huge and changed everything the first time that we're expecting it to do it again? Or they just made another action movie? Well, but if you're going to make another action movie, Lana, make another action movie. Yeah. If you add the word Matrix to it, you raise people's expectations. There's a certain, like... Like, if you go, hey, here's an Englishman in an action movie... You go, oh, okay, this will be cool. Yeah. But then if you go, here's, you know, if you say, go, here's Idris Elba in an action spy thriller, you go, oh, this will be a cool movie. And you go into it. And if he punches some people, he kills some people, that's cool. If you say, here's Idris Elba's 007, it raises your expectations. Yes. And raises your expectations, but also it has to tick boxes. Yeah. If Lana goes... Here's a story about a game designer who gets confused between the real world and not. Yes. We go in and we go, that's a good action movie. It feels a bit Matrix, but it's yes. a good action movie. <laughs> but as soon as she puts the word Matrix on it, it has to tick the Matrix boxes. So I think There's we have certain... changed our expectations, but we're right to. Yes. There's a certain um, aesthetic might not be the right word. Well, aesthetic, yes, which I think they failed. The real world look. A particularly Bugs' ship looks way too clean and clear compared yeah, yeah, to the yeah. Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah. So the aesthetic she didn't quite get. The vibe, the tone, I think, is the, the word tone. You're I for. think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think the tone was there of a Matrix movie. I think that as like I like we said it before, but I like the idea of there having been callbacks especially if it's kind of resurrection and he's kind of starting again. Yes. But so it got so much that it felt like they were just put in there to make people nostalgic. Didn't he even say that at one point? 
Or did I Morpheus make that up in my says, mind? In the theatre when they try to make him swallow the red pill again. Nostalgia. Nothing makes you co- more comfortable than a bit of nostalgia. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing cures your anxiety like nostalgia. Yes, that's something it. like that. Which is why, you know, people love watching Stranger Things. Yes. Or, yeah. But. Yeah. Or uh, why I, or I, why, you know, keep rewatching the same TV series over and <laughs> yes, over again. Yes. But I think that it was good. Could have done it. They did too much of it. In there, and some of it was like, some of it was just there, like having Jada Pinkett Smith back as Naomi. Yep. Good. Yes. Like that kind of callback. Yeah, I'm here for. Yep. Yep. The kind of um, Neil Patrick Harris's cat is named Deja Vu. No. One terrible yeah. name for a cat. Yes. Two unnecessary. Again. But then the thing of like, can you fly now? Right? Jump. And he jumps and he tries to fly and he just like hits the ground. And goes, That's not going to happen. <laughs> but then no. like, in case you didn't realize that the movie is trying to say something about women, women now getting more power, Trinity flies at the end. Yeah. And then, oh, some of the dialogue about on that note. Yeah. At the end. Yeah. Especially, um, well, all of um, Neil Patrick's Harris kind of control your woman. Yeah. She was cooked. Why did you heal like a little bitch for so long? Yeah, that was a bit much. Yes. I, I I can understand the point that that is trying to be made. Yeah. By them trying to control Trinity and the Matrix being misogyny yeah. and the patriarchy. Yeah. Because Neil Patrick even calls his bosses the suits. Yes. Which and any group that are called the suits are the old white men controlling things. Yes. I get that. But it just was just like, oh, in case you didn't get it, I'm we're just gonna it down make your throat. We're just gonna make Neil Patrick Harris say four misogynistic lines in a row and get his jaw kicked off for both of them. All um, of them. And then like it wasn't this it it wasn't subtle. But then no. is it something that needs to be done? I don't know. I didn't, I've, I found it unnecessary. Oh, don't stop. I need a new word. Where's a thesaurus? Yeah. Uh, I, going back to your reference back thing, I thought that the flashbacks to the scenes from the original movie worked when Thomas Anderson is having his little mental breakdown flashback moments, Right. Yeah, yeah, but yep, we yep. don't need to see them when Jada Pinkett Smith is talking to someone in the real world. She's nah. not having flashbacks. We don't care about her. No, but like this isn't red table talk with your mum and your daughter. All right, yeah. I don't want to hear it, Jada. I was, I was there at the siege on the temple. I'm like, we know, we saw we, the movie. We know. We, we don't need to then a, see the scene. You're a captain that is now a general. You clearly did some fighting. Yeah. Even if you're, it's war, peacetime. We don't and you're need still to general. see the scene. We know what happened. Yeah. We. It makes sense for us to see the scene when Thomas Anderson is having a mental breakdown flashback to it. It doesn't. It. It and it does that thing that I talk about. I feel like every episode, where they're like, "Oi, audience! In case you don't get it, this is what she means." Yeah. 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 Which, I. I don't like in movies. Trust that the audience is going to know what you're talking about. Mm. And or trust your filmmaking ability that the audience will work it out. Yeah. Without having to put that in. Mm. 
Um, Have you found another word for unnecessary? <laughs> yeah, I found a few. You know who's you know who's attractive? Priyanka Chopra Jonas. Jesus Christ. Oh yeah. I was just like, yeah, I get it. And well she's done. Got, well done, Nick. And she's got the um, she's got the voice the too. Voice. She was good actually. Oh, that's the Jonas. When I quickly read it on my phone last night, I read it as Jones. Oh, and now no, I'm like, Jonas. oh, okay. As in Nick yeah, Jonas. Yeah, Nick. Also, he's a very good-looking man too, yeah. Nick Jonas. Yeah. Known for? Nick Jonas or well, no, Priyanka, Priyanka Chopra? Priyanka Chopra Jonas. Oh. What do you think the known falls are? Um, you're, you're not going to get them. <laughs> she, was in, she was in some TV series that kind of made her nope. famous. Are they, all, are they all Bollywood movies? Uh, three of them, I think, are Bollywood movies. Is there one called Isn't It Romantic? No. Oh, well, then I don't know. One, Baywatch, 2017, oh. with Dwayne Johnson and Zac Efron. She plays Victoria Leeds. Uh, sorry to any Oh, Indian God, don't listeners. do it. <laughs> Bajireo Mastani, she plays Kashibay. Don Two, she plays Roma. I managed to get that pronunciation right. And Mary Com, 2014, she plays Mary Com, a boxer. Yeah, right. Yeah. No, she was good. Jonathan Groff was good. Um, Morpheus was good, but different, so it was a bit weird. Trinity, uh, Carrie Ann Moss was good. Yes, I, I think I actually think they were all good actors. I know you didn't rate Keanu Reeves, but I, I think it was terrible. Keanu Reeves kind of got that whole beaten down man thing. No, but there's still which that. Which taken but from but John still Wick. Just sometimes he just there were some sentences he said that were just like. You didn't even act then. It was just like, oh, I'm Neo and I am from the well, Matrix. I think occasionally, like the world loves Keanu Reeves, but I think occasionally there are moments where a movie shows that he's actually not an actor. Well, it depends because you look at that and you look at the Matrix and there's not that much acting in it, right? Well, that's it. But then you look at, um, like in if you go watch... The originals, Bill and Ted's. That's funny. But I I don't think that's acting. Oh, like he, he's just a stupid stoner. I think, like <laughs> Keanu Reeves was just a young man <laughs> playing a young man. Um, and then John Wick, like there's not a lot of acting in John Wick, let's be honest. It's just a lot of fighting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then being, and then looking angry. Yes. You know what <laughs> my least favorite bit of the movie was? Uh, when was your biggest sigh? I think at one point, actually, <laughs> there was two. One, I actually went, oh, that is terrible. I think that's when he tried to do the jump but couldn't fly. Yep, thing. yep. The other bit was then they're singing and then Trinity's flying because women yep. could do the same thing as yes. men now. Yep. They couldn't 20 years ago apparently, but hey. Yeah. Um. Then they're just, you know, then they're flying and then they're in the sky and then the Apocalypse Now helicopter comes up. And he's going to shoot them, right? Yep. And then she just goes, bye, bye, and flies off. And then the next scene is them being unplugged. I'm like, how'd you get home? How'd you get back? What mirror did you go through? Yeah, the mirror in the sky. Now, we've had some uh, listener feedback that they love us reading Google reviews of the movies. Do they? Yep. Okay. So I'm Let's going to find, find a five-star one. I'm going to find my one that is less stars. Oh, no. Here's a, here's a two-star one, right? 
two stars. Remember The Matrix from 1999? Remember its moments, its iconic dialogue? Hugo Weaving as Agent Smith, Morpheus Trinity, of course you do. In fact, this film banks on it and forcefully reminds you of all the iconic moments, scenes, dialogues from the first Matrix movie by literally having footage from the 1999 flick. Gosh. It's, um, there are a lot of great ideas, particularly in the first 30 minutes, less so in the rest of the film. The execution, however, is questionable. One of the greatest shocks that this film delivers is its disappointing action. It's ironic that the franchise known for staging most of the some of the most revolutionary action set pieces of all time has now delivered some of the most forgettable ones in modern cinema. That's pretty much what we've said. Is this an anti-sequel? The Matrix. Are we, so, yeah. are we supposed to enjoy the trashing of the Matrix franchise by its own sequel? Is it romance, meta-commentary, all of it? Lana Wachowski doesn't stick to one thing, but adds all of it in one film that results in yet another messy Matrix sequel. For many fans, this could be the worst one and will probably leave them with no desire to rewatch it anytime soon for this one, for whatever reasons, feels the most heartless and passionless. I don't think I'll see it again. And I was saying to Shane at dinner before we went to the movie, I feel like if this goes well, they might do another trilogy, but I don't think they will. I don't think they will. Um, considering I just looked at, um, I googled it, and the average is two point six out of five. Well, on IMDb, it's five point eight out of ten, with eighty-seven thousand references. And that's nerds. Yeah, eighty-seven thousand ratings. Not great. The Wachowskis pioneered the modern cinema we know and love. It's fitting that The Matrix is back to resurrect it. That doesn't really give me. This is an no. exaltation of thoughtless mediocrity. Ooh. Yowza. I can't find... This person <laughs> has rated it five stars, right? They've said in the middle, in capitals, the only reason people dislike it so much is because it was shot differently than the others. Mm, no. no. I have to say it is by far one of the better films out of the whole series and I was mind blown the whole way through. It ties up a lot of unanswered, unanswered questions and also delves into what happened in the meantime. But Hang on. This is all one sentence. I've got to start this again. <laughs> I have to say it is by far one of the better films out of the whole series and I was mind blown the whole way through. It ties up a lot of unanswered questions and also delves into what happens in the meantime between the Matrix Revolutions and this current film. It also goes into further detail to explain the law and what happened after the machines and the humans made a truce. The Matrix, the <laughs> the Matrix oh. Resurrections is a heartbreaking depiction of the damage binary thinking can have, especially on trans people. But it's also a beautifully optimistic film which constantly affirms the reality of non-binaryness. Don't know if that's a word. And the improvement in quality of life breaking free from our social chains can have. No yes. character is identical in the real world and in the Matrix. Every aspect of gender presentation, such as hairstyle and clothing, differs for everyone, a form of switching explored much more explicitly now than it could have been at the turn of the century. No, they do the same thing, though. Yeah, they all look different. Interesting. Although, it, in the first movie, it's more just their clothes. Yeah. But... There was no, there didn't appear to be, and I was expecting a lot more of it, of like more 
gender difference between the Matrix and the real world. It did seem just like the you know hairstyles what, were different. I have to say. Yep. Well, the characters, it's just like when they're talking about the characters and stuff, it's subtle trans reference, right? Mm. So if you were really going to make a statement, would you not make it more of a thing that there's like trans or non-binary people? Yes. Right? Rather than just do we assume that Bugs is non-binary? Or Lexi. Or trans. And or, do we just assume that the guy who I've forgotten the name of again is gay? Yeah. But So if you're really trying to make a statement, right, other than just saying like real world transition matrix, however you want to say it. But also, if you're trying to represent, if you're trying to make a statement about trans things, yes. one of the big trans issues is under-representation. Mm-hmm. No, no... Cast member, they're all cisgender people. Okay, that was the next thing I was going to. Keanu, Carrie Ann, like they're all cisgender actors. Yes, and it like it's not as if the Wachowskis don't know trans actors. There's two of them in Sense Eight, and they've already cast four people from Sense Eight. Cast one of the trans yeah. ones. Yeah, or instead of or in, like instead of having Pranker Chopper Jonas, that could just be a trans actor that's not necessarily a trans role. Yeah. Like just put Laverne Cox in there. She could have done it. Yes. Well, yeah, and th- this is and I think things like that have a lot more power than trying to subtly put trans allegory in because yes. The people that are the people that are either against or don't understand trans or gender issues, either aren't going to get it, yeah, or are going to just rail against it. Yeah, go. Because, this movie's shit because it tried to force fucking transness on me. Because as much as the movie movies have changed in terms of the technology, and maybe that's why the t- the Matrix isn't as impressive now as it was twenty years ago. Yeah. Non-binary and trans representation is also something that you could not have done. Yeah. In 1999. In 1999, it was Hillary Swank in Boys Don't Cry. Yes. Now, there are openly trans and non-binary actors yep. who could have easily been in it. But also, so that's the real big thing that's changed about cinema. And Lana Wachowski has said in the original Matrix film, Switch was meant to be one gender in the Matrix and one gender in the, the other gender in the real world. Yes. Or another gender, sorry. Yeah. In the real world. But the studio wouldn't have it. Yeah. Like, well, the studio now The studio would do would it. Do it. Only and because you're the Wachowskis, yeah, and it's the Matrix, so they'll give you whatever you want. They'll let you do it because people are going to come and fucking spend money to watch this movie. Yes, yes, and like so that actually seems a little bit disappointing that they decided the best way to make the trans statements is to do it in allegory or to do it in subtle lines of dialogue rather than like. Instead of casting, even instead of casting that girl as Lexi, yeah, you could have cast Laverne Cox as Morpheus. Yep, and both the audience generally and the studio would have gone, yeah, actually that works. And um, the thing with such a big movie 
that like this is that people are going to go and see it. Yep. And if you have trans and non-binary representation in a movie like this, you will it broads it will reach a broader audience. Yeah. Because there are so many more people that will watch it that wouldn't normally see that kind of representation. Yes. And it becomes because we know from trying to have like you and I personally and the LGBTQIA plus community in general know that the more you try to force the topic onto someone, yeah, they rail against it. Yes. So putting those things of like trans this, trans this in an allegory of a movie, mm. at as I said before, at the detriment of the actual story in some places, yes, is going to make people rail against it. And make people go, oh, that's Lana Wachowski. She's just going to make me think about transness every time I see it on the screen. Yeah. That's forcing it on people and people are going to rail against it where they just have a story. Yeah. And, you know, Morpheus is non-binary. Doesn't even have to be trans. Yeah. Like, and Morpheus just is Morpheus. Yeah. Because yeah. it's not like Morpheus is a gendered word. No. And Bugs isn't either. Or, or Neo or Trinity Berg. or... Lexi's a very feminine name. Mm. Like Sequoia is named after a tree. Could easily have been... Yes. Non-binary. Like, and yeah, Priyanka Chopra Jones is a minor Jonas. part. Jonas. Sorry. <laughs> um, It's a minor enough part that it could have been someone. Yeah. And it could have been some representation. And I don't know, I just feel like she missed a chance there if part of the point was like that review you just read. Well, if, if it's... If the big things that, that's changed in 1999, if they were making it a trans allegories that you had to make it subtle or hidden... Yeah. Because then studio wouldn't have liked it. But then that's what's changed... With movies now. Yes. Is that you can actually do it. Yeah. So do it. Like, don't make it subtle. Why do you have to make it subtle? Nothing else about this movie is subtle. No. So why do you have to make this trans allegory subtle? Just I actually don't even do think it. think it was that subtle. But well, it's represent- less subtle, but at the same time, just fucking do it. Yeah. The representation was lacking in a movie that very easily could have had representation. Yes. And I know Lana Wachowski herself, as a trans person directing a blockbuster movie, is representation. Yeah, but visual representation. But it's not on the different. screen. Yeah. Um, right in front of people. So, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Give us some other wait, words for wait. unnecessary. <sighs> Superfluous. <sighs> Redundant. <sighs> Avoidable. <laughs> by, by the time we saw the bullet casings flying down from the... Helicopter. Helicopter. Yeah. That's definitely where redundant could be used. Yes. Yeah. And the, the showing the scene from the Matrix Revolutions when Jada Pinkett Smith is talking about the war, that one was definitely superfluous. Yeah. Okay, good. Everybody, you're getting some um, 
language uh, lessons. Language lessons as well. You know what else annoyed me about all the flashbacks to previous movies yep. and all that kind of stuff is there was a guy two seats up from me. Oh yeah. That every time one of those things happened, he had to like lean over to his, I assume, girlfriend, and explain it to him, explain it to her, just be like, in another language, to be like, oh, that's that's more. <laughs> and some of it sometimes like. <laughs> That happened in the first one. Yeah. Watch the movies. It, if you haven't seen it, sorry to have spoiled it over the last hour. <laughs> see the first three. But also, if you've seen the first three twice or three times, you probably don't need to see it again. Nah. Because the key moments are in it again. Mm-hmm. Um, how many red pills out of the five? The red one is to wake you up. Oh, God. Do I want to be waking up? Do you want to be... Okay. How many <laughs> pills and are you choosing blue or red? Um, can I take one of each? What does that kill me or what? Um, oh. Throws I, you out of a building. Yeah. I will give it um, two red pills. I'm two? giving it 1.75. Out of five. I was really disappointed. Right. I whereas w- I've done what we've done before and I rounded up yeah, because okay. I'm not doing bullshit <laughs> fractions. <laughs> it's my thing. It's my thing now. I'm doing 1.75 because I was very disappointed because the action and the making you think things are are the matrix to yes. me and this was neither. I appreciate some of the acting and the special effects are still good. Yes. Um, the sound was very good, like the sound mixing, the sound editing, all that was and did very you good. Rounded up for one point seven five to two because you realised how good looking Priyanka Chopra Jonas is. Yeah, I gave a quarter <laughs> of a star for pr- no, I didn't for prettiness. No, I would to Nick Jonas. I gave a quarter. I'd of give a him st- more than a quarter of a star. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of Two Drink Cinema. We will be back very shortly with a review of our other Boxing Day premiere, West Side Story. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this episode of Two Drink Cinema. Make sure you've subscribed so you don't miss any future episodes. Please share with a friend and leave a rating and review. It goes a long way to help us reach a bigger audience. This show is produced by Odd Sox Entertainment. For more of Odd Sox Entertainment's work, including the show notes for this episode, follow the link in this episode description. Follow us on all your social platforms and join our Facebook group to connect with us. Thanks for listening. Happy watching and drink responsibly. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Two Drink Cinema. If you'd like to support us further, head over to patreon.com slash twodrinkcinema. As a patron, you gain access to exclusive bonus episodes and can contribute to the making of Two Drink Cinema. The support of our patrons can help us go from a D-grade flop to a box office blockbuster. Patreon.com forward slash twodrinkcinema. Cheers. Cheers.